0: Too, too many times we come across an unfortunate circumstance of seeing the city taped off. As you can see, all this caution tape, when you have caution tape, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? A homicide, right? A homicide, right? That's the first thing that comes to your mind is a homicide, right? You see this young brother right there? He not going home tonight. He not going home tonight. This young brother, this young
1: brother is Dean, What's going on, good people? We back with yet another episode of We Time We Can. For today's episode, got my good friend Adam here. I met Adam, actually, I just met him. He did a, dem- a powerful demonstration on Broad and Erie, talking about the gun violence in Philadelphia. So I just had to reach out to him, pick his brain, and he From the grace of God, he was nice enough to give me this interview. So thank you, my brother. Absolutely. Much appreciated, man. Thank you for reaching out to me. Definitely, man. So we just wanted to get started, man. Um, You know, this is a prison platform. You know, it's uh, a platform to highlight re-entrance in Philadelphia and abroad and the positive things that they're doing in the community. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, man, is your organization called Sister Talk. Okay. Okay. So. If you don't mind telling the viewers, man, give us a little bit of information
0: on that Sister Talk, man. It's so interesting and intriguing. Um, So I created Sister Talk as an avenue to support African-American women unconditionally. Um I actually started out with a youth organization called Stay Focused PHL. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the organization that my nonprofit is actually under. That is the title on which it's actually under, but mm-hmm. the nickname is Sister Talk. Okay. Um, eventually I want to transition, you know, that title over mm-hmm. um, for the simple fact because that's now my mission, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that mission I can still gravitate towards the youth within that mission, I can still, you know, conduct those type of, you know, programs for their children. Right, right. Um, So Sister Talk is very dear to me. It came about about two years ago, I want to say, June 10th to -hmm. be exact. Mm -hmm. Um, 2018, I was in a car accident, uh, coming back from Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, well actually, Virginia. Um, I was doing a photo shoot, I was a photographer, Um, and I was just, I was real tired. I fell asleep at the wheel, and next, you know, I woke up in Prince George Hospital. Um, the only thing that the EMTs recovered from the crash was my laptops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my briefcase and everything like that was in the front of the car um, mm-hmm. once you know they got me and everything like that. And for two days I sat in Prince George Hospital with no way to get on. Wow! Um, if it wasn't for my friend David, I yeah. would have never. You know, my yeah. mom was talking about driving all the way down there. You know, she's real but that's a woman for you. You right, know, and my right, mom was right. like, "Listen, I'll drive down there." Like, mom, <laughs> listen, you damn near sixty. Yeah, yeah you're not yeah, driving yeah. to no Prince George County. You don't yeah, even yeah. know how to use GPS. We're not doing all that. Like, right, I right, Uber right. for all that. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. Um, but just like the, 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 the unconditional efforts that black women will take to, you know, mm-hmm. make sure that their sons are okay. Right. Um, and through those two days, you know, I, I did a lot of meditating. I talked mm-hmm. to my mom and, you know, she just said, you know, God is going to use you for whatever it is. You know, I don't know. But, you know, why are you laying in that hospital bed? Like, get your shit together because you could have died, young boy. Like, you mm-hmm. know. And that's wow. the conversation that we had. Wow. Um, Deep. Yeah. And for two days, I created Sister Talk. Wow. For just 2 just days, days. For 2 straight for 2 days. And yeah. then I just went completely into sister talk mode for like 6 months. Wow. So for dumb. from June 10th, 2018 mm-hmm. all the way until about maybe Novemberish,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: late November, okay. um I was unemployed.
1: And he was just doing
0: sister talk. Just doing it. Just wow. doing it. Mm-hmm. And 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 my first event was on July 27th. So mind you, I got into the car accident July on I mean June 10th. Mm-hmm. By uh, June twelfth, Sister Talk was already a form and it was already a movement in my mind was gonna be created. Okay. And July twenty seventh we had our first event. And we had three events that month, I mean that year. Wow, you know wow. um, broke unemployed but my thing is you know that's that's you know that's the essence of a mom I'm not saying broke and unemployed but I'm mm-hmm. saying a mom will make things happen right, right. for her family mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and that's how I move with Sister Talk you know mm-hmm. I moved the way my mom moves I, I watched her walk to work I watched her you know wash club, clothes in the tub I watched her you know pray for me I watched her barricade her door you know because she was afraid somebody was gonna run in the house and knock me off or knock her off so Mm. you know like I, I watched what she went through, right, you know. But I right. also watched the dedication. I watched all the good things, you know, and her strength. You know, it admired me. You know, mm-hmm. to this day, you know, I consider my mom to be my superwoman. You wow. know, that's my hero. That's my angel. You know, um, I put nobody, one, no one above God. But you know, that would be the, you know, the the running mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, know, you got um, on Earth man. So you know, with, <laughs> with, without her, there is no me. Right, you right. know. Um, just like without God, there is no me, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to look at women in, in, in that that godly fashion, right? Yes, we help with the procreation, but women give life, right? You know, and women take care of the life that they give, Mm -hmm. you know, so now it's time for us to take care of women, you know, um, and that's just, you know, Sister Talk is just a blessing. You know, it's, a, it's my way to give back. But to get to the program, so yeah. we, we started off, we started out offering bi-monthly community events okay. to though so we would get women that were, you know, um, advancing in their field, whatever it may be, whether it's mental health, whether it's health services, whether they're engineers, whether they have their own contract, you can consulting, whatever it is. We wanted to give them a platform mm-hmm. to where so they can talk to the other women in the community. Okay. So, you know, we would have... Getting to know the queen in the mirror, understanding mind, body, and soul. Mm. Uh, We would have, uh, do I stay or do I leave? A journey in domestic violence. Mm -hmm, You know, these are some of the topics. You know, from the events that we had. So you know, we would cover these different taboo topics amongst Black women, but it would be in a circle of black women. You know, okay. and it, it kind of creates a sisterhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what we would do is we would, you know, we would bring out uh, vendors. Mm-hmm. All of our vendors, right. all of our vendors are minority women are, you know, or African-American women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we want to support the community. We want to say, you know, buy black, you know, give your money back to, you know, a working mom, a single mom, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, a, a mompreneur is what they are calling them <laughs> now. I like that. You know, um, so, We said, you know, why not let's generate money within your because that's what they do. Women bond together. Right. So now right, it's right. time to bond together, share resources, share finances, mm-hmm. share goals, and then you can, you know, you can you can birth from there. Now is this just a Philadelphia thing or is it the surrounding uh, counties, other cities? So it's it is Philadelphia, mm-hmm. tri state, you if you wanna you may call it, you know, we may have an event here and there in you know, the different counties, Delaware County, you know. Okay. More so than anything. Yeah. yeah um yeah. but outside of that, it's Philadelphia based. You know, my thing is, don't get me wrong. My vision is worldwide. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think Sister Talk is going to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, let me tell it. You know, (laughs) Um, but at the same time, you know, it is. It's just local. I got a question. Um, Do you
1: get this? Is this? Just my curiosity playing with me. Like, do you get backlash at all from being like a man doing the sister talk? Like, a lot of women may even feel like, you know, I appreciate what he's doing, but he is a man, and maybe he's not the one to do that. Have you
0: ever ran across that? I mean, recently? yes, yes, but I don't pay that no never mind. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, my thing is, you do you, sis. Right, right. I'm gonna do me, and I'm gonna do me. Like if you support the fact that I support you, mm-hmm. then support me in supporting you. But right. if you don't support me, I'm still gonna support you. I, realistically, you don't have a lot of black men behind the position of you know leading black female organizations. Mm-hmm. You don't,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. you know. Um, right. So it's like you know I'm 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 an oddball, but I've always been an oddball.
1: You're comfortable you know? being uncomfortable.
0: But I mean, listen, I've, I've gotten blessed. I, I mean, I've gotten donations from individuals, and you know, I've talked to individuals to where they'll you know once they found out that I was a man, they wanted to give me more. You know, and it wasn't mm-hmm. even on anything uh, you know ill or unprofessional. It was just like yo, that's dope as shit, bro. Like you know, you know what? Huh? Here you go. Here's something extra for you. You know wow. what I mean? Like some lady gave wow. me uh, a $30 donation. Mm-hmm. And then when I told her, she was like, hey sis, I just sent you $30. And I was like, ooh, I'm not a sis. I'm a dude. I'm a whole bro, whole man over <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, she started laughing and she was uh-huh. like, oh, that's real cool. And then she was like, you know, check your, check your cash app. Um, and then she was like, you know, just for being you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, like damn, like I got a $20 cent today just for being me. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I, I know it's appreciated. I, I know not everybody is going to take to it. You know, some people look at me like I'm crazy, but at the end of the day, like, you know. We 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 do what satisfies us. You know, I saw
1: on your Facebook uh, that you had spent some time upstate, right? Yep. All right, and if you don't mind, like, can you speak a little bit on that? Just because that's a part of the platform, and I just want I just want people to understand the type of man you are, and from where you came from to where you are right now.
0: So um, I just want to be very clear on this, right? Um, I was a nerd growing up, okay? Like, my nickname was Urkel. Steve Urkel. That was my nickname. I did not get any... I didn't get anywhere in life with like you know friends and you know do I mean people like me and stuff like that but it was like you know I was like an oddball I was always by myself I was a nerd you know what I mean like my mom was always moving around or you know I was always getting dropped off at a different siblings house whatever the situation may be um, as I got older I made friends but then I didn't make all the right friends Mm -hmm. then I ended up in the streets you know Um, I ended up running the streets and even I'm not even gonna say they wasn't the right friends we didn't know no better and some of these individuals I still love to this day Mm -hmm. you know they still my guys um but at the end of the day we didn't know no better Mm -hmm. and I have to take ownership for the things that I have done Mm -hmm. growing up right you know and Mm -hmm. when we started you know you know getting into you know carjack or uh it started out as car hopping okay. and then it started into stealing cars mm-hmm. and then it started selling drugs mm-hmm. and then it got to the point where I was getting my homies to sell drugs with me that wasn't selling drugs because I started hanging out with some city niggas wow. cuz I was in this, I was in a county growing up so you know I didn't grow up in the inner city like a lot of people that's why I told you the other day like you know a lot of my homies their stories are a little bit more graphic than mine you right, know don't right, get me right, wrong right. i didn't see some shit Mm-hmm. You know, i didn't been a part of some stuff, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they have those, they have those real trenches moments. Right, okay, you know? okay. Um, and we all have them in some fashions, but it's like, you know, mine were like, more mild than rough. Mm-hmm. They didn't get rough until I got older, mm-hmm. until I went to prison. Okay. I mean, they tried to off me when I was 16, when I was in juvie, they beat me with baseball bats and all that crazy stuff. And you know, I'm sitting up there with, you know, um, in the hospital. My mom is trying to figure out what's going on. I got metal plates all in my mouth. Wow, really? Um, yeah, I got the metal gar- plates. The guards beat you? No, court. I was in juvie, bro. Like, it's every man for themselves oh, in juvie. Man. You get blanket parties and all that. Like, ain't nobody, like, listen. Mm, okay. Juvie's a whole different monster, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but neither here nor there, it was like, you know, I, I was in juvenile placement for about maybe like 18 months.
1: Okay.
0: I had juvenile life. I was a medicine society. My mom had deemed me unfit to be in society. Mm -hmm, We mm -hmm. um, had a whole bunch of court proceedings. I had an aggravated assault, so you know a lot of things got real like hectic for me. Okay. You know, Um, and then I just started binging on bad behaviors. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I ended up in juvie. I ended up in juvie when I was sixteen. a juvenile life, I got out when I was eighteen. They rescinded everything. I made progress while I was there. Mm -hmm. I was on the honor roll and everything like that. Like I was a very Right, individual. You know, we right. had court proceedings and they say, you know, well, listen, he's about to eight, turn 18. Mm-hmm. You know, once he turns 18, we're gonna send him to Newcastle State Max. Really? That's a maximum security for juveniles. OK. So we're going to send him to Newcastle State Maximus he turns 18, you know, if we don't figure out what's going on. As of right now, you have deemed him unfit to be in the house because he has harmed you. He has harmed other individuals, you know, and you just don't deem him safe. You found him with, you know, numerous firearms. you turned them in. You know, and like people would tell you, like, my mom, like, she would find drugs in the house. And she would flush it. She, she would, you know, she found a gun. She took it in. I had to go on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, It was a lie. Like, you know, my mom was a cop. Oh. She was that, a cop cop, you, like you, not like a, 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 a badge cop, but like my mom was like one oh, those individuals, okay. like, you know, I'm a, I'm a cop for the Lord, mm-hmm. I'm Jesus's cop, and you're not know, gonna come in here, I'll rebuke you, I'll put the, <laughs> and I hated that shit, Yeah, I did, I hated it with a passion, you know, mm-hmm. and it just pushed me farther into the streets, Right, you right, know, right. and then I just got sucked in, I started doing drugs, I started doing wet when I was like 16, 17, Jeez. you know, Um and you know, I'm in placement at this time, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm smoking, um, wet uh, mint leaves in placement at 17 years old, out of Pittsburgh, you know, wow. wow. high out my mind. Mm-hmm. I came home with a drug addiction. I went in jail, smoked, I went in juvenile placement, smoke weed. I came out smoking PCP. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when I came out on the streets, it was like, you know, I'm out here, I'm selling dope now, I'm selling crack now, I'm selling powder, you know, I'm robbing niggas, you yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. I'm hanging with a whole bunch of individuals that don't give a fuck about nothing. Right. You right. know, right. Um, and it's just turning into bad choices that the bad choices, cops running down right. on us, right. kicking right. in right. doors to houses and everything like that. And like, this is real shit. Like this is not like to be fabricated or nothing like that, but it's like, you know, the reality in which we're facing. We're jumping out of three-story windows, trying to climb into other people's houses and everything like that because the cops was blocking off the street. And it's like, okay, well, is this how you really want to live as a black man? I wasn't even home a year before I was facing almost, you know, 10 plus years.
1: Mm. So from your juvenile sense, so when
0: I, when I came home from my juvenile sentence, doing 18 months, uh-huh. I wasn't even home a year. Before I was back upstate doing almost a dime. Yo, this is crazy, man. And this you know, my thing is, it was just the choices. Yeah. And I mean, I had great days. Yeah. when I was I was an addict. Right. Right. I, I was facilitating my addiction, and like a lot of people don't know that. Like I was a fly. I, I considered myself to be a fly ass young bull. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, but I didn't have anything with my money. Right. You know, right. we was smoking weed. We was going to the mall. We was doing stupid shit with our money. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever really calculated against the risk that we were taking. Mm-hmm. Some people might have been moving and shaking a, di- a little bit different than you know I I was, you know. But neither here nor there. We all made each other in jail.
1: Right, right. So my
0: nigga, I got booked in March. Yeah, you had your run until <laughs> December, but nigga, we were still selling fucked up together. Right, right. So it doesn't even matter because it's like they're not even preparing and it's like like I said, you know, in prison. We were those kids that were transitioning in and out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen it. I grew up in prison, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, you know what I mean? Like all those years just spent, where? Upstate. So it's like, you're not, nothing is really coming out of anything. I tell people like, I went to jail when I was 19. Damn near 20. Mm. I didn't come home until I was 28. Wow. I was given up I was given an opportunity for uh what did they call that? Uh pre-release? Yeah. Like I, I fucked that all up. Yeah. I came home stabbed somebody and everything. I oh, it, man. It, 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 it was just I wasn't I wasn't done being me. Like right. and I tell people I was out with people that night and they're like yo what happened? What you do? Like, we were just chilling. We were just walking down the street. How did you stab two people? From, from here to, here to here there? And there. Like, what happened? And, like, people are trying to figure out what the hell is going on with me, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's too late because I'm back in the system.
1: Right, right.
0: No matter what I had going on for myself back in 2010 when I came home from prison, mm-hmm. when I was on privilege for a little bit. By August of 2011, I was back upstate with new charges.
1: Wow, so in total, how much time did you do?
0: I'm gonna say with juvenile and adult, I'm gonna say roughly 10 years. Roughly 10 years? Roughly 10 years, give or take a couple months. Okay. Give, a couple, give, or, give or take a couple months, 10 years.
1: So where was your transition at? Like, where, when did you throw that life away and start this new life? Was it I, mean, as, I know I, you've talked about the car crash. I never threw it away. So what I
0: happened? never I never threw it away, like I, I shelved it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, like, you know, don't get me wrong, like I'm not I'm not in the streets like in that fashion at all. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not I don't I don't feel as that I need to carry a gun to protect myself mm-hmm. because I'm not in that lane of traffic. Right, you right. You can't right. say that for everybody else. Okay. Even if I'm around the way. I still don't feel as though that I have to act in that fashion, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. My thing has always been, and I never was like a really, I I mean, I had a gun, I shot a gun a couple times, I've been shot at, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that has never really been my reality. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. gun violence, now my brother and my sister, they shot my brother eight times. They shot my sister four times on the block together while I was in jail, and then when, One of our friends went home to avenge what happened to my brother and my sister. They shot this nigga seven times in his face, in his doorway. And he wasn't even home a hot 24 hours. Wow. and that's just the word that's just the reality like a lot of people think they know me but they don't mm-hmm. like they don't know that i have a brother that is spending all this time in the feds they don't know that right. they don't know that my sister was a gun violence victim mm-hmm. they don't know that you know they don't know that we deal with certain traumas and everything like that everybody doesn't talk about your family everybody yeah. doesn't know that i have five siblings these
1: right right right
0: i'm talking about blood I'm not talking about somebody that I grew up with. I have siblings. Not everybody knows my life. I mean, I share enough of my my life on social media not to share 100% of it. Wow. You know, you talking about, you
1: talking, you said earlier that this was, uh, you didn't have, you didn't, you wasn't in the trenches. Man, you had a life. I've got some experience. It's
0: not, I mean, it 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 is, but you know, but to go back to answering your question as far as like when I get out of the when I get out of the mindset, Uh I never I just I just pause ignorance. Okay. And I listened to wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that is something that Marcelli told me. He said, pause ignorance and listen to wisdom. Okay. You know? Gotcha. gotcha. Um, and the reason why he said, pause ignorance and listen to wisdom, he said, because a lot of you young niggas don't know shit. Mm-hmm. And he was an oldie. You know, his name was Charles Muhammad Kotlin. I'll never forget him. Right. He right. was my first thorough selling upstate. SCI Housedale, 2000, and I want to say. Six. 2006, Charles Muhammad Khan told me, Young nigga, pause ignorance and open your ears to wisdom. Don't come in my cell with that fuck shit. If you can't read, here goes a book. Mm. Straight like that. And you know what he gave me? What? The Miseducation of a Negro by Carter G. Woodson. Mm. And I know, I, and you want to know what was embarrassing about it? What? I couldn't read the bitch. Wow, And it wasn't that I was stupid Mm -hmm. It was just that there was a lot of words That I did not know And I was not about to sit here and read this book And then open up this dictionary And then look at this word And then go back to reading Oh and I'm not doing all that shit Yeah. yeah. Well if you don't want to do that Then I'll give you another book You can read Visions for Black Men by Naeem Akbar Mm -hmm. That was a very Beautiful book for me right you know and he set guidelines and parameters like he was like a dad a a grandpa Mm. you know okay and it was like from that point on the men in prison conditioned me wow like i had don't get me wrong i had my fights i was in riots I stabbed people, mm-hmm. you know, I I'd have I been in lock and socks and I'd have locked in cells, and hit niggas with one, uh, 190 water, all that, like mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't have our trials and tribulations in jail. I spent 18 months in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Like we've had our trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. but at every moment of my prison sentence, there was a man sowing a seed into me. Wow.
1: Do you think that you needed that?
0: I needed every bit of it. I would never, ever in my life. I wouldn't give a fuck if they said, "Listen, we'll make you a trillionaire if we can go back in time and erase your 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 your, your prison entry or your, your." I wouldn't get this shit up for nothing at all. Oh, wow. You know, and the reason why is because it's it's the man that I am today. Yeah, I don't want to change who, change who I am today. Right, I'm right. cool with who I am today. It don't get me wrong, we all got to work on. Right, but <laughs> I'm cool with the man that I am today. Yeah, <laughs> bro, that's thorough as hell, man.
1: I like that. I like that. So I mean, like, so what advice would you give like other people walking in your shoes, man? Cause you, it started as a juvenile and it took you to go to prison for a substantial amount of time to get right. But what about the people that's behind you that you don't want to go through that same path, but you do want them to be a pillar in their
0: communities? Don't be afraid to be different. We don't stand out in our community because we worried about what people will say. We worry about if people will support. We worry about if people will, you know, um, give us acknowledgement or the accolades or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's a a lot. There's a lot of different fashions, but for the youth, most importantly, I was having this conversation with somebody last night, uh, not somebody, uh, Mr. Curtis. Um, And Mr. Curtis told me last night that the youth don't know their potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't. Right. The, they, the, the youth they don't they don't know their purpose, they don't know their potential. Um, they have no, no wherewithal to figure things out. They're right. sedated on on a on a on a on an hourly basis. Right. Not even on a daily basis. On an hourly basis our youth are sedated. Mm-hmm. are under the influence of all types of pills, narcotics, alcohol, and that's our youth. Once you get to like being an adult, like you you can say whatever you wanna say about somebody that drinks and smokes weed as an yeah. adult. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the average American. Mm-hmm. The average American smokes weed. I don't care what nobody say. Right, right. But at the end of the day, whether or not you smoke weed or whether or not you don't smoke weed, that's not a justification. Mm-hmm. It's a thing of adulthood. And if you have your shit together, you could be an adult, but don't have your shit together, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but these children, they don't have anything together. Mm. They don't have their emotions together. They don't, and, and, and when I say that this, this is about understanding, they don't have their sexual orientation, you know, in, in order. Right. They're trying to identify if they want to be, you know, a girl, or a boy. And we have to, this, this is trauma. And this, this, is, this has to be addressed as like, not trauma as you can't do this, but this has to be trauma as these are what we are going through as a youth population. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to worry about somebody chilling me, I'm trying to worry about one of these niggas raping me. I'm trying to worry about being a single mom. I'm trying to worry about whether my mom is going to accept me because I'm a young homosexual male. I'm worried about if my mom is going to accept me because I'm a young homosexual girl. I'm worried about all types of shit. Right. Right? And this is what we fail to realize. We fail to realize that the youth are screaming out that we have these issues and problems. And yes, you may have things in place, but they're not in place for us. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And when I say they're not in place for us, that means that you don't understand that you guys have to come where we're at. Right. We're not going to you. We're not going to your programs. Mm-hmm. When people say, "Oh, we got kids that we want you to talk to," all right, we're well, the kids that didn't want to listen. That's what you. Where are the kids at? Right. You know what I mean? Oh, we want to help these kids. Yes, you know what? They have a great support system. I don't want to help those kids though. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm not saying that I don't want to be a part of their success. I'm saying that I don't want to help the child that already has the job and is going to school. Mm-hmm. He's doing what the hell he's supposed to be doing. I want to help the brother that's on the corner over there selling this this, 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 this short ass Nick bag of weed. Mm-hmm. And pumping gas for a couple of hours. And he didn't have the same clothes on for a couple of days. Right. And he trying to stretch dimes that he bought from a different town. Right. Because he ain't got shit. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the young individuals that be standing at these different hubs in the city, you know, all day long and trying to figure out where the fuck are your parents at? Mm-hmm. That's Why ain't nobody checking on you? That's right. Because if I'm your dad, you're not, you're not, you're not about to be just hanging out on 52nd Day Market all day long. Now, don't get me wrong, like, when I say that, like, I understand, like, that's the hangout spot mm-hmm. I dig what the deuce is mm-hmm. We all know what the deuce is mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that as a parent, you gotta let your child participate in the shit that happens on the deuce Right, right You know, you know, mm-hmm. your, you know your son be out there at that Chinese store, every day selling this weed You know he out there every day with a little fanny pack on, like that little tracksuit, there, like that. You know this nigga going out there to sell weed, Mm -hmm. and you know when he come back in, you know, and this is the crazy thing about it, right? Because when I come back in from selling drugs, right, like. My, now, now I could be, you know, the next individual that goes to jail, be murdered, whatever the situation may be, but, you know, if this is even the case, I'll come in and i give you money. Here, Mom, you know, I just got finished selling drugs, right? right, right I'm 16, right, right. 17 years old, but here, Mom, I just got finished selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Here's the money. Right. Oh, thank you, son. Don't die out there in the streets and don't go to jail. Right, I don't like right. what you're doing. Be safe. Be safe, okay? <laughs> I'm going to pray for you, right? Right, right? And for real, for real, that's the conversation that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my thing is this, you know he ain't got no fucking job. Right. You know he don't got no job. <laughs> so where are you getting this money from? Right. All this money from. Yeah. And you accepting it. I understand as a mother it's hard out here, especially if you got a multitude of children and the baby fathers are not helping, but that's accountability within itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is another reason why sits a toxic text. It's not <laughs> to throw shots at moms, it's to help moms understand like some of these niggas ain't meant to be dealt with.
1: Right, right, right. If
0: you don't have a sound man that you're dealing with, if I'm just trying to come in the house and fuck on mom and eat up the food and everything like that, and you running the streets, how how effective am I as a black man to you as a young black man? The only thing you see me as is a fuck nigga that wants to come in here and slide up and down on my mom. That's it. Yeah. So, I really don't have respect for men, mm-hmm. because now what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the lack of respect that my mom has for herself when it comes to choosing men. Mm-hmm. So, now I can be this young man that doesn't have as much respect for women because I see my mother choosing these niggas that don't care about her.
1: Hey, bro, I really appreciate this interview, man. This was one of the best ones, I swear. You dropped jewels on me, man. But um, before we get out of here, I just want to talk about Sister Talk one more time. If anybody out there want to donate, come to an event, where can they find you, just
0: go on. Um, So uh, you can find us on Instagram at Sister Talk, S-I-S-T-A-T-A-L-K-P-H-L. You can find us on Twitter at Sister Talk, P-H-L. Uh, we do not have a Facebook, we do not have a website. Um, we will be getting that shortly, within you know some months. Um, outside of that, our community initiative uh, that we are creating for the rest of this year, hopefully we can provide this community initiative in 2021 as well. Um, but we are providing free community wash days to single mothers and low income families all across the city of Philadelphia um, and certain parts of the tri-state, more so Delaware County. Um, And with this free laundry service, they will also be providing care packages, mental health services, and we have partnered with the Defenders Association of Philadelphia to bring information and resources to families on systematic injustices as well as, you know, help youth understand, you know, the importance of uh, prevention when it comes to getting incarcerated. Um, And we're also going to work with expungements for, you know, mothers that have crimes um, because they were in distress situations, um, so we're really trying to impact these families. You know, we want this to be very personal. Um, this is, you know, us showing moms that we care and that we love them wholeheartedly. But with that being said, you know, I appreciate y'all, peace and blessings, and pay it forward.